0: Welcome to Ink and Magic, a podcast where we read and discuss the writing, craft, world building, and romance of paranormal and fantasy novels. If you love books with bite, set in worlds of magic and mayhem, then you're in the
1: right place. My name's Nakisha Shanae. I go by S,
0: And I'm Leslie. I write as Elle Penelope. And welcome to
1: the show. Hey, Leslie, how is it going with you today? Hey,
0: Inez, going pretty well. Excited to talk today.
1: Yes, today is another craft episode, and we're gonna talk about what I think is a phenomenon, but I, I may have jumped the gun. But I'm calling this Girl on Her Own Horse. One of the first books that I wrote was a Cinderella retelling, but it was with a single mom, which is kind of my favorite thing. So because I always thought, well, what if what would happen if Cinderella had been a single mom? She married the wrong guy first, and then she um then she found Mr. Right, but she the was a, a single mom, right? bad
0: prince was first and prince
1: turned Bad Terman, prince first. She was, kissed, it. It was, no, it was though she kissed, kissed the frog, the frog yes. first and went home with the frog, realized her mistake. And <laughs> then um she's like, well, can I, get, can I get my prince now? So I've been fascinated with this idea of Cinderella retellings. Um, And one of my favorite stories that I will watch is one, one of my bedtime stories that I will
0: watch over and over again is Ever After, starring to more. I adore Ever After. I, just, I have the DVD. I don't even think I have a Blu-ray. I have, I mean, it's an old DVD that I have <laughs> worn out practically watching it so much. Definitely <sighs> one of my favorite movies.
1: And in this film, you see, a, they call it a retelling of Cinderella. And at the time I was like, yeah, because it was like an empowered Cinderella because she has her found family, of um, the people that work in her father's household. And she decides to go to the ball, even though they tell a whole backstory of before when she and the prince got to know each other as a secret identity. So she goes, she, 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 her stepmother tries to keep her from the ball. Cinderella manages to go to the ball, finds the prince. And then, spoiler alert, but all of you should have watched Cinderella or you really should not be in our crew, for <laughs> real. So in Ever After, um, there's the scene where the prince rejects her when he finds out that she's a commoner and cinderella gets taken away by the villain and the prince finally realizes he's been an idiot (laughs) and he mounts his horse to save her and meanwhile danielle is the cinderella's name danielle grabs two swords and saves herself and is walking out of the villain's lair as the prince comes up and she's like what are you doing here he's like I came to rescue you, but she <laughs> saved herself. And for a while, i had started to, to, I loved this notion. I then I remember seeing um, the film Penelope.
0: Another oh. one of my favorites. Right, Whereas If nothing else, but no, it's a great story. And a great uh, design. Well, then again, though, the heroine
1: saves herself. Again, if y'all have not watched Penelope, are you really a part of our crew? Go watch Penelope, pause, watch Penelope, because I'm about to spoil it. Penelope saves herself, she's, she was cursed um, to look like a pig. And she, they were told that she would stay looking like this until she found her true love. And at some point she looks in the mirror and she's like, I like myself the way I am and the curse is broken. She saved herself. She's her and own true love. She owned her love, fine. And then the last the last example that I had when I originally was thinking of this was Frozen which was really about sisterly love. And the the guys were like totally on the side and it was the sister's love that was the saving grace in that film. And I took these three and I was like, look at how the Cinderella story has evolved with these women no longer being damsels in distress, but they saved themselves. But, but I'm like, now that I'm looking back at the original Cinderella story, I think she saved herself in that original story.
0: And I don't see it. <laughs> I would like to hear more about how Cinderella saves herself in the original, because so I, Cinderella is one of my favorite tropes. i will I love Cinderella all day long. Now, I can't always read like i will if you if you show me a book that says it's a Cinderella retelling, I will check it out. And it, if I can get past the first few chapters, uh, then you know, usually I will like it. But there are a subsection of them where she is just too spineless. She's too much of a doormat, finding that balance to make Cinderella. A heroine and not just a spineless doormat is really difficult. But when it's done well, I adore it. So it's one of my favorite tropes, retellings, whatever you want to call it. You can't, I think, Ever After works really well with her saving herself. But I do think it's a little bit anomalous. So go for it. How does she save herself? So
1: let's think about the original Cindy story. In the original Cindy story, all of these, there's some type of noble suffering. Theodora Taylor calls it noble suffering that is going on. She's stuck in some kind of terrible situation. And in some essence, there's, there's some kind of a makeover that she has to see receive, but let's put that aside because I'm not really interested in that. I'm much more interested <laughs> in how she seizes on the opportunity to get herself to the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the start of her saving herself in all of these retellings that I've just brought up. She gets herself to the ball she's put the whoever the wicked person is it's usually a maternal figure they stand in the way of cindy getting to the ball which is the great big thing that she thinks is going to change her life in um ever after you know danielle's stepmother locks her into a room Mm -hmm. now granted it is leonardo da vinci that Figures out how
0: to take the pegs out of the door. Exactly. <laughs> My point is that she doesn't, she never saves herself because the fairy godmother saves her, or in Ever After's case, Leonardo da Vinci or her friend. Like she has agency, but she requires it's sort of like the heroine's journey. She requires a crew an allies, friends, found family in order to assist her. Okay, so okay, absolutely. Let me
1: revise. The prince doesn't save her. She and her plucky crew, that's what saves her, not the prince. She's not a damsel
0: getting on somebody's horse. Uh, yes, I that I see that now. Is she? What is exactly is a damsel? Maybe we should define damsel or come up with a definition because whenever you are required to have someone else aside from yourself save you, does that make you a damsel, regardless of whether that person saving you is a prince or a godmother or some rats? <laughs> well,
1: think about what's always that. That word doesn't come by itself. Damsel, the damsel in is distress. always in
0: distress. Cinderella is definitely in distress, and. Mm-hmm. In, um, you know, the the traditional Cinderella stories, yeah, she's locked in a cellar or she's locked in the room or she's prevented by some kind of blackmail from leaving. You know, it's oh, you're not going to whatever the thing is that, that's keeping her there mm-hmm. in that terrible situation, whether it's quote like the idea of loyalty to this mother figure or loyalty to her father or his legacy, whatever um, that's being used against her. So she is in some distress now. Sometimes it's of her own making because she chooses Mm -hmm. to stay there. Sometimes she's actually physically locked in a place and someone has to help her and let her out. Now, are they helping her because of her good deeds? Because she's befriended these people because she's been a good person? Maybe. Does that make her not a damsel in distress? I don't know.
1: But by the time that they help her, is she still a damsel? Because they are helping to take the distress away. But she requires someone else to take the distress away. True, but okay, so I think that the only way that she builds this community, she builds the community around herself mm-hmm. by who she is, by the deeds yeah. that she does, by what she gives, by 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 how she behaves around them. She gives of herself. She gives of herself, and then these people, just as she came to their aid, she they come they are happy to turn around and come to her aid. So okay, fine. It's a community. She builds. She works to build that community. I think that she's always at the center of that community. So she becomes a leader then mm-hmm. in, that, in the community that she builds.
0: Yeah. Complete I Carolyn's that. journey. Absolutely. And I think that that kind of answers my question. Like, If she's in distress, then she is saving herself by virtue of her actions and her goodness and her character in the past coming to fruition now. So that all leads into, maybe you could say that's her saving herself because she initiated the community that comes to help her.
1: I think what I'm fixating on that I didn't correctly label that of course my friend helped me to label
0: is that he is not saving her. Right. It's not a situation where the Prince comes and saves the day and carries her out of the tower.
1: No, she makes, and that's why I think I, I like her. I like the Cindy character so much is because she takes the initiative. She solves the problems she doesn't need him to do it and i'm not dissing on the prince at all because a lot of times he doesn't even know this stuff is going on i feel like i feel like in most of these situations the prince is presented an opportunity
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the opportunity of 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 you know he has made himself who he is and he has an opportunity that could take her up another level if
0: only she can either get to the ball or find him again after the ball. Right, I I think there's something to be said about Hmm. the prince represents like a privilege that she wants access to, a level of um, societal status, of course, that she in her drudgery wants access to. So he's providing something, he's providing a lifestyle and like an upgrade in her circumstances that is valuable. Agreed, and that upgrade for us romance fanatics is that
1: HEA, that mm-hmm. happily ever after. If she can get to him, she can, he's he's like, he's her reward.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he can provide justice for her evil stepmother and stepsisters. Yeah. He can save the farm or whatever, save the the employees, save her found family. He can provide access to these benefits that she couldn't access on her own, but they're all part of the reward that she gets for winning him, I guess? Yes yes and
1: again we circle back around to none of this happens without her having agency so in all of those stories that i pointed to before all of these women even though they are down on their luck or they have somebody's foot on their neck usually there's the matriarch they have they have some kind of agency even though it's 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 not it's not a huge amount they have some and they work it so, with Danielle, she has the community that she has built around herself, and she's scrappy and her father taught her sword play, and she's she's willing to, um, not only that she she has um all the books that she's read, all this book learning and this intelligence that she has. It's really attractive to the prince. With Penelope, she's she comes from wealth, but she doesn't have the outward exterior, bit of it too. And she's surrounded herself by books as well. Isn't this becoming a pattern with frozen? I don't know what was going on in that ice castle, <laughs>
0: but she had locked herself away too. I don't remember frozen that much. Are you considering that a Cinderella story? Because I don't know if I see that. I'm not calling it so much a Cinderella
1: story, but I'm, I'm saying that it, it, it deals with, um, women having agency and rescuing
0: themselves. Okay. So in terms of Frozen, Elsa is the one who rescues herself. Her and her 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 and her sister, I feel like they come together. Mm-hmm.
1: And they kind of rescue each other.
0: Yeah. It's the sisterly love. When you, I mean, that's a good pivot. It's a good mm-hmm. like head fake of you think the story is the story you expect to see. The story you always get. And it's completely different. That, that is my main takeaway from the one time I saw Frozen many years ago. <laughs> and I was just looking at some other
1: ones where I can point to this too. Do you remember? And I, we were both. We both come from film. So we're going to almost always divert to film before we, we we head over to books. Do you remember Working Girl with um, Melanie Griffith? I saw and a play a version working. of that recently. <laughs> I don't know
0: if Leslie can be in our crew if she hasn't seen Working Girl. Okay, no, I, I saw it, but it was in the 80s when I saw it.
1: <laughs> it holds up. I strongly, strongly encourage you to watch it again. That's a complete Cinderella story in an office. Mm-hmm. And the same thing. She, she, the wicked stepmother in that instance is her boss, who's a woman who, who, um, Tess thinks that she's finally going to be able to get a leg up with her ideas. But no, this woman does her dirty, and it, we follow the exact same trajectory with her mind, with her her ability to see potential deals, and with her go get ism, she's able to get the business deal and the guy mm-hmm. in her. Version of this same girl on her own horse, where she rides away with the boon. Mm. Um, I remember you and I falling in love with uh Kristen kishores Oh yeah, Graceling. The Graceling. Was it? Is it the Graceling series? Graceling was the first book in the Grace-ling series. Was Not the first of the book of the series. But that heroine as well. She um was an assassin. She had the grace of of
0: being able, she had the grace of killing anybody that she came into contact with. And grace in this world is like a talent, a skill that you're born with. And she
1: clearly is, she's 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 her hero and her heroine. You know, there's <laughs> a beautiful hero in this story, but let, but let me use Grayson for a second to, to, to swap because I, the other question that I had was, okay, so you have this strong heroine who you're gonna pair her up with can she be paired with an alpha
0: mm-hmm. or
1: does she need someone more like a beta or a cinnamon roll
0: right and
1: I started to see I started to take a look at the guys who she was pairing who these authors and writers were pairing these strong women up with and I'm I'm calling them more supportive heroes because they could be an alpha or they could be a cinnamon roll or a beta but I feel like they had some things in 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 common they were not threatened. By her independence, e- or even if they were an alpha and they were initially threatened by her independence, it quickly started to morph over into an absolute respect mm-hmm. for how she handled her autonomy and, and how her strength gave her self sufficiency. But
0: he still found his way into her space, and she allowed him into her space. I think Ever After is a great uh, example of this. I'm always reminded of the scene where they're with the gypsies, I think. And mm-hmm. she ends up carrying him over. <laughs> yes. like she, they say that you can leave with anything you can carry. And she does like a fireman's carry <laughs> and <laughs> walks away with him. And he's like, no, you can't do this. It's a little bit of an alpha, but everyone bursts out laughing. And then they're accepted by the community who was trying to rob them at first. So. And she pulls more community in who yes. comes to help her later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's this heroine's journey, that building, yeah, building these, these resources, these allies because of her strength. She's just getting respect not only from her hero, but from other people around her. I think this hero also has to have a, a high degree of emotional intelligence.
1: He has to have empathy. He has to be able to communicate his feelings, which heroes, oft, alpha heroes, often don't know how to do in the beginning, but he can learn it if he is an alpha. I think the supporting the supportive hero especially a cinnamon roll, will take one look at her and be like, yeah, I understand exactly what you're about and I'm here for you.
0: Now, is a Prince charming character, like in the traditional Cinderella's, if we're talking about like a Disney version, mm-hmm. the hero doesn't do that much. I mean, he meets her at the ball, he falls in love, he walks around with a shoe trying to find, he seems kind of dull. You know, he's, he's not super bright. I don't know that he's an alpha or even supportive in the most original versions. Yeah.
1: Have you read... I believe this is Rebecca Witherspoon's Wraith, which was the nanny hero you have. Wraith is amazing, yeah. That is the perfect, that story and that hero perfectly fit what I think uh, a true Cinderella hero, heroine is and a supportive alpha.
0: Or he hero. I feel like, I don't know if he's a cinnamon roll. I have, it's been a while since I read it, but
1: I think he was denoted as a cinnamon roll. Like he's the example mm-hmm. that people point to he totally has out. Al- he I feel like he has alpha vibes. Okay. He's happy to
0: see. He's, he's a whole ma- male nanny. So I'm feeling male nanny and alpha don't don't go together, but it it worked it. She, the book worked, worked. Away, she worked it out
1: because, yes. he, because I think because of this. Because also he's dealing with kids. So he absolutely has an emotional intelligence. He's mm-hmm. dealing, he's working for this high-powered woman, taking orders from her. And he has absolutely no problem with it. He's like, sure, sweetheart, whatever you want me to do. I'm there for you, which kind of makes her brain, makes the hair a what, huh? But, but also there's, there's, there's also another thing is that there's an equality in the relationship because he is attracted to strong women. Like the damsel in distress would not turn this guy on. He would be like, oh, I can't deal with you constantly being in need of a rescue. I've got things to do. <laughs> so I think that Rafe is a great example of that. You know who else is a great example of that equality and also having confidence and security within themselves in later books? Edward Cullen. You want to know hmm. why? Yes. yes. Because in the first couple of books, no, it's a hot mess. I love Twilight. But if you break those characters down, you're just like, I, you just like you just want to shake these kids. But as they get um, as they age and mature by the fourth book, and they're very secure in themselves and in their relationship. One of my favorite scenes is when Jacob imprints on Renesmee, mm-hmm, and Bella finds out, and she goes for Jacob's throat. <laughs> and the other vampires all around are like, "Dude, Edward, you need to do something with your wife. Look, she's gonna hurt him." And he, Edward's like, "No, she's fine. Look at her. <laughs> Look at her go. She's magnificent. She's so beautiful." <laughs> he just lets her handle it for a while, and until you know she's about to go for the juggler, and then they break them apart. But he grew into that. He did not mm-hmm. start out
0: as a supportive hero. He was. He was very. But also, she grew into the strength. I mean, she only does that because she's a vampire now. And before she was turned, she was just physically weak. And I think that there's different relationships between, you know, an alpha hero. If I think you decided that alpha was that Edward is alpha from the beginning, uh, when the heroine is strong and can protect herself, and when she is needing more protection, and so he grows because she grows. I guess they grow together. I think there is a difference that that's had when um depending on the nature of the heroine. Agree. So these I think the that nature
1: of the heroine having that female agency or growing into that female agency, I think that's key. I think that she either starts out or becomes very decisive in both um the decisions that she makes and the actions that she performs and we know that in the beginning Bella wasn't very decisive but Danielle Penelope even Elsa they all made a decision and they they went forth with it so that's why I think that they are such really great examples they also challenged gender norms like frozen really did that frozen really challenged the gender norms of our storytelling society mm-hmm. definitely uh, the women they have they have an emotional intelligence too, but they also I think what makes them what makes us like them more, which makes what because you can you can get into the realm of the unlikable heroine, mm-hmm. and I think that the reason that these heroines don't tiptoe into that realm is because they all show vulnerability. Mm. Danielle with her with losing her father, and also Danielle from um, Ever After, she wants her stepmother's love and affection right that is her true desire for the vast majority of this film and it is never given to her even though she's still to the very last day to the very last um frame of that film you can still see she's like oh this was all i wanted from you and you could mm-hmm. not give it to me so danielle was vulnerable penelope clearly is vulnerable um There's a lot of scenes of Penelope talking to the hero through that glass mirror where he can't see her. He can just hear her as she's trying to test him to see. But she's also she she's looking at him. He's looking at himself in the mirror and she can see that they have a connection. But she's still too scared Mm -hmm. to walk past the mirrors and out that door. And we all can kind of see that. We all can kind of see, well, he can kind of fall in love with who he thinks she is. But when he finally sees who she actually is, she's still not certain
0: that it's going to work out. Yeah. I think that for the the heroine to remain likable in these instances, it's because they're still in touch with their femininity. I think a lot of times unlikable heroines, sometimes they lose touch. They're trying to be strong and not in touch with like traditionally feminine qualities. And readers and viewers have a hard time with that. You know, and you can say what you will about that, like, societally, but I think that the traditional feminine qualities, including vulnerability, that obviously anybody can hold, but when they're not in line with those, when they're trying to be too tough, too hard, too, quote-unquote, masculine, that a lot of times loses the reader and the viewer in terms of finding them to be likable and really being able to engage and be on their side.
1: You're making me think about that, the grace I know know we both haven't read this book in years, but I don't remember her being
0: very vulnerable. Yeah, she, because she was an assassin, right? She's an assassin. Killing. I'd have to read it again. I don't remember. Yeah, me neither. I think that a lot of times in these kind of situations, when you have a really tough, especially a physically tough character who's been through emotional trauma, also, um, in order for them to accept love and to have the love story work, They have to have a moment of vulnerability. It has to come from somewhere, even if it's not there at the beginning. So sometimes you can create empathy with the reader with a difficult character because of the backstory, because we know they've been through something that made them this way. And the only way they can find their happiness and their peace is by releasing a little bit of that to let someone in.
1: For authors, that is either the save the cat moment, which happens in the beginning of the story, or a pet the dog moment, which happens more towards the middle of
0: the story. I think it can be. But I think sometimes it's also, I don't know the point in the romance arc, but there's a point in the romance arc where there have been fighting, fighting, fighting. And finally, it's, it's significantly into, into the story. And then they have that moment of vulnerability where they the shields are down. The and they can moment. actually accept. Maybe the mirror moment, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So with the Save the Cat, the Save the Cat is uh, a method by Blake Snyder. And the whole premise or the whole theory is that you want to show, you want to make your character look empathetic. So, to do that, you would have them be kind to another, like even if it's a Grinch or an anti hero, you show a moment where they are kind to another person or even to an actual cat and save them from a tree. Or with the pet the dog one, but the only difference between the save the cat and the pet the dog is the pet the dog one happens later in the book, where you're either reminding us of why they're a cat person. Or I, I've i seen this happen in um, darker romances. You know, I don't, read, I don't read too dark, but I've seen it like when there's a uh, an anti-villain hero and that anti-hero. hero-
0: What's
1: what an anti-villain? Oh my God, I'm saying all the wrong words today. I've seen it when there is an anti-, anti Oh my God, an anti-hero. Yeah, an anti-hero. Hero. Okay. I just so never I, heard of
0: anti-villain before, but you meant anti-hero. <laughs>
1: like is that the hero after thanksgiving i'm still in my food coma there is the anti hero who um he can have a pet the dog moment because for pages and pages and pages it looks like this guy doesn't care or or girl doesn't care about anything and then you get that moment where you see like maybe a piece from their backstory that makes you understand why they are the way they are mm-hmm. and that can be that can be a great use of the pet the dog moment where you see the reason why they're doing everything that they're doing or something that they're doing specifically for the heroine or for some other sub character is revealed and you're like, "Oh, that's why you're doing that." It's kind of a revelation yeah. to make you see this person is a hero by showing a vulnerable bit to them later on in the story. So, that's what I think that we have to do with our heroes is even if they are alpha, I think that you need to show them as very supportive characters. And again, I think when they're alpha, that they're not immediately going to be this way, which is probably going to be the reason that he clashes with this super independent heroine. So I think with an alpha hero, they're going to clash for a minute until he starts to change. Yeah. And with a supportive hero, he's down for whatever she has to do. And I feel like a supportive hero kind of acts like a snowplow. I've recently learned that I'm a snowplow parent. (laughs) I know <laughs> of a 21 and a 22 year old um, and a snowplow parent like moves everything out of a person's way so that they can that their way is easier. And I love it when I see a supportive hero do this and the heroine's kind of like, oh, my day is going great. And she has no idea why her day is going so great. It's because he pushed everything out of her way so that she could have the life that she wants.
0: But sometimes with a supportive hero and a strong female character, the change, you know, in the same way with the alpha, he has to change. In that situation, she kind of has to change. Because a lot of times she's not accepting him. If she's very focused on her own goals and it's one of those stories where she doesn't need anybody or, you know, she doesn't want anybody. She has to recognize that she's being supported and that she actually does need it and appreciates it before the love story can continue.
1: You know who else I think fits this mold? Who? Jane
0: Eyre. Okay. Yeah, Jane Eyre is like a fancy Cinderella story, kind of. I don't know that Rochester is the prince, but hey. He does nothing
1: to save her. He provides mm-hmm. an opportunity for her. And then of he obstacles. Just, yeah. He is the obstacle within himself. But she wants him, and she comes. And I say this as someone who loves this story.
0: <laughs> but sometimes not my favorite. I can never yeah, quite... I didn't know this. Can never quite like... Like him. I I just I'm not a fan.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of her and her pluck and her I'm gonna do it and stick to itism. I'm I'm a huge fan of that. Mm -hmm. And then I think I'm a fan of his because at the end of the story, he is so wounded, and I'm a sucker for a wounded hero. Yeah, but he's wounded and he deserves it. He (laughs) does. He does. Do you remember going to see Wide Sargasso Sea, the film? What what movie? In film school, going to see Wide Sargasso Sea, the prequel um, to Jane Eyre. I don't even
0: know if I've heard of that before.
1: Oh, my gosh. Why do I have a memory of you, you, me, and Tracy going to see that? We might have. You know, my memory is, is very Wide bad. Wide Sargasso Sea is the prequel book and later movie. And I think another... um rendition of it has been made where you see, cause if you remember in Jane Eyre, Rochester was married and trying to, you know, make Jane his second wife without her knowing. Um, but why Sargasso Sea shows the the backstory of the air quotes, love story between him and his first wife, who was Jamaican, the woman who was locked up in the attic that he wasn't supposed, he didn't want anybody to know about.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's a difficult, he's a difficult one. Maybe I need to retract. Yeah. Keeping, Jane, your, life, keeping your mentally ill wife in the attic is a no-go for me. That is probably why I'm not a fan.
1: <laughs> Jane is a heroine.
0: Rochester. Yeah, dude. I tried. I tried, but. Change I, our minds. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to hearing why, but it's going to have to be a good argument.
1: <laughs> I can't, I'm not equipped to make that argument for you, Rochester. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> But I think also Disney has been moving more and more towards this type of strong, independent heroine with agency in
0: films like Mulan and Brave and Moana. And have you watched the newest uh, Cinderella? The, oh, she's like a young singer starlet. It's Billy, Billy. Oh, what's his name? I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his last name either because he plays the godmother. Yep. I have not seen it because I heard terrible things about it, but apparently it's super woke to the point where I'm not even sure if it's a love story or not because I don't think she needs the prince at all in this movie. Uh, But it seems like that is the trajectory, yes. (laughs) Mm, I have not seen it
1: either. Just because Ever After is my favorite and I'm good. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And no, I, I will, I watch all the stupid little ones, like the modern Cinderella stories where she works in a record store or like she worked at a Christmas factory or something ridiculous.
1: You know what my favorite is after Ever After? My favorite Cinderella retelling. And I need to find this movie. It stars Jennifer Gray. Oh, I don't think I've seen that.
0: If the shoe fits, there are a number of book or movie is called that but i don't know if that's so this is this grand. is one she did the
1: superman thing where she would change her hair she'd like slick her hair back and then she was the, the the super cool fashion shoe designer and then when her hair was like out and frizzy she was just <laughs> the plain jane and who's the guy that rob played? Lowe. thank you rob Lowe was the, was the charming i'll have to watch that you'll have to watch it i hope it holds up i haven't seen it in a while so i could be leading you astray and i apologize my other favorite um, female heroine who fits this bill, Hermione. Mm-hmm. 1,000% the hero, the heroine and the hero <laughs> of the Harry Potter, sh- Potter series.
0: I mean, yeah, she, she is the found family. She's the support system. She's propping everybody else up. They're riding on her laurels all the way through. I agree. Hermione should have been the hero of the entire series. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She really was. She really
1: well. But that's pretty much my theory of this, this how, and again, I thought that it was evolving from Cinderella, but I, I, I think this has always been the Cinderella story, but we, maybe we fixate on the Prince, but there's, there's that shift from damsel in distress to a self rescuing hero, heroine, or a heroine who has her found family, Mm -hmm. help her in the rescue to get the HEA, which is the reward of the prince. She always has agency. I do love how there's diversity in, in the storytelling, even though neither one of us watch um, Billy as the the fairy godmother. I I appreciate that. Billy Porter. Porter. (laughs) I'm sorry, Billy. I'm going to have to go watch just so that I can be supportive because I'm so appreciative of the diversity that is now coming in. To... I know, of course, we have
0: Brandy and, and Whitney Houston's version. Oh my gosh, somebody's gonna pull our
1: black card. We didn't talk about Brandy and Whitney.
0: Whoa. And talk about diversity. She has a whole Filipino prince with she a black does. mother and a white father, and Lord only knows how the genetics worked out, but we love it. Yeah, I'm gonna go and rebuy that
1: because I don't want my black card revoked. <laughs>
0: on it, (laughs)
1: yes, Brandy 1,000% and Whitney as a fairy godmother, 2,000%, but yeah, that's what I think happens, or that's what I think is happening in storytelling. Uh, like, Like I said, I don't think that I understood what was happening in Cinderella because I was just so into the dress as a kid and I was so into, oh, she's gonna have love as a kid, but now that I'm really looking at it through mature eyes, girlfriend she was she was her own hero
0: she was her own hero I think it's interesting how we're in an era where we're kind of seeing a split at least in in romance so you've got a lot more agency a lot more women saving themselves but then also you have the rise of super dark romances you have the rise of things like bully romance and alphas are just more popular than ever where, you know, as much as I love a good cinnamon roll, but alphas are still at the tops of the charts. And it seems like, you know, conventional wisdom is Write an alpha, it will sell well. And I think it will. And these are not always uh, alphas that are going to empower. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they're more traditional where it's like this universal fantasy. We talked about Theodora Taylor, who's the author of, you know, the universal fantasies book that just talks about what, why people read, like why Do we fall in love with stories and there's a significant number of romance readers who are loving these stories where there it is it is a damsel in distress or maybe it's an alpha putting the woman in distress and then saving her um so there's a lot of that kind of traditional that that kind of traditional romance these same tropes these things that have been happening for 40 years that are having a resurgence and are still extremely popular among the readers in the same way that what we've been talking about today the more empowered female heroine is also extremely popular I know there's a lot of examples of that happening so I I think think it's interesting I
1: think it's different fantasies Mm
0: -hmm. I think the alpha doing it for you oh that
1: is that is gonna remain my even though I love to watch an empowered woman having someone do it for me Yeah. Is my fantasy. Because, and you know, we're both mood readers. Like sometimes I'm in the mood for, no, you do everything. I'm going to lie back and (laughs) you take care of it all in every room of the house. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, dude, just, just back up for a second. Let me see a strong woman Mm -hmm. because maybe I saw like, I don't know, something happening on the news where men were not being cool Mm -hmm. and I need to watch a woman handle her business. So I think it's a matter of what fantasy the reader wants at that particular point
0: yeah i think so too i mean there's nothing wrong with either one it's just it scratches a certain itch depending on what you have and Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes you're going to be in the mood for something to to read about this this idealized version of a man that does not exist in real life who is a billionaire we haven't met them all leslie (laughs) you don't know that (laughs) who's going to love you forever the moment he lets sets eyes on you and never let you leave the house or wrap you in cellophane and bubble wrap before you leave the house so you yeah. don't so much as scratch an elbow. I would read that every day. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we want Danielle with her swords to you know fight off the villain herself. And I would watch that every night. Right. Yeah. that w- That's perfection. That is that is heaven for me. <laughs> <laughs> the genre and we all contain multitudes as does the romance genre.
1: It, uh, yeah, this is true. And I I still can tell we have to do a dark, we have to figure out how to do a dark and bully romance episode because I think there's so much to unpack there. I think there's a safety mm-hmm. in reading those books. I think there's a catharsis. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't like horror films. And that's that's and that uh, someone explained to me that that is that dark romance follows. The same kind of trajectory of a horror film where you, you can take, you can take it as far as you want, because you know that at the end, things are going to turn out okay.
0: Yeah. And That's I just want point. to get
1: to the things are going to turn
0: out okay. I really don't want you to go down the dark path. Because sometimes I, I have read dark and I had to stop. And yeah, it's, it's disturbing and that's not where mm-hmm. I'm at right now. So maybe we have mm-hmm. to have a guest to talk about some dark stuff. <laughs> okay. put so our brains through that. You <laughs> know, Theodora writes dark, we could talk to her. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think there, there is a catharsis there. There's exploring things you don't want to explore in real life that you can explore in the safety of the pages of a book. And that's definitely why people, people flock to that genre. Yeah. Whoa, that was a nice ride that we just
1: took, talking about the girls that go on their own horses.
0: Now it's time for everyday magic. Inez, do you have an example of magic in your everyday life? I
1: do, last night I had dinner with my family and I there's a lot of, um, I'm from Annapolis, Maryland, go Navy. But there's a lot of, of, of my family that is in the military, specifically a lot from the Air Force. But the best thing is that the highest ranking military person in my family right now is a woman <laughs> and she's she ranks higher than her big brother, higher than her father, higher than Ooh. our uncles and they she does not make them do this but they would technically have to salute every time nice. she comes into the room and my aunts will not let it go and it is just <laughs> so much fun and it is so it's so lovely.
0: Yay! Oh, I love it. Love to hear it. <laughs> What about you, Liz? Yeah, I was having uh, dinner last night with family friends, and they have a daughter who is 10 years old, and is just the fiercest little girl you've ever met. Like, talking about female empowerment, she is going to grow up to be, like, the super strong woman, and it's to the point where her dad is a little concerned that she's like, <laughs> going to be, like, you know, see this strong Black woman who child who's 10 but like growing into that and not sure how they're going to you know react and I was just like no this is her armor you know this is how she's going to be protected in the world as a little black girl facing whatever these teachers are going to throw at her it is amazing like nurture that like yes make it respectful she doesn't have to be sassy and disrespectful but she can be like positively sassy and I just was just so impressed with her because just the personality is so different I was extremely quiet and you know as a child, very introverted and to see someone so young be so self-possessed is actually really magical to me. And I just can't wait to see her grow up and see what amazing things she's going to do. Maybe she'll join the military and become a general. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we hope that you are having days and days of everyday magic, not just in the books that you read, but in your personal lives as well. And we want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Please let us know what you think. You can leave a comment on YouTube with your thoughts on this episode. You can share it with a friend who loves romance. And don't forget to please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.
0: And check out our book schedule on our website, inkandmagic.net, so that you can read along with us as we go through the Sidechangeling series, Benalini Singh, and any other book we might be doing. And we will see you next time.
1: Bye guys.